0: How prepared are you two for retirement? Today, we'll go over how to prioritize your money now so you'll have a nest egg ready later when you need it. Welcome to the Couple Money Podcast, where we talk about how spouses can get on the same page, pay down their debt faster, and get on the path of financial freedom. I'm your host, El Martinez. Martinez. Today's episode is brought to you by the free course, Five Days to 5K. Many couples I talk to know what they should be doing, right? Pay down that debt, save money for emergencies or whatever goal they have. The tricky part though, is where do you find the money for those goals? Five Days to 5K is a free email based course that helps you find, save and earn extra money on the side so you can reach your goals faster. If you're interested, you can sign up at couplemoney.com slash 5k. If you use one of those free online calculators to find your retirement number, you probably were amazed at how much it said you needed. A million, two million, maybe more. And that was just for you. How do you feel when you see those numbers? Considering that one in three Americans has less than $5,000 saved for retirement, chances are... There's room for improvement. But unless you're living in denial about retirement, I've found that many couples are dealing with hurdles when it comes to saving and investing properly. The first one is you have a full plate right now. As parents, ourselves, with two little ones, we always have something to do. And we're not complaining, this is really a fun season of life right now. But realistically, Our time and attention are prioritized around them. Second, bills and debts. Quite frankly, you might not be able to save more because there's not much to give right now. If you have to pay credit cards, car loans, student loans, and have a mortgage, your money is pretty much spent already. Three, you're not a financial planner hop online and you'll quickly see there's an endless amount of free advice about what you should be doing and it can be overwhelming at best and wrong for you at worst. Sifting through all of that can be a mess and a headache and running the numbers for some, it can be difficult, especially with one area of retirement that we have to deal with now, healthcare costs and insurance. How do you know how much you'll need years Decades down the line, the answer is there is no way to perfectly predict how much you'll need, but there are ways you can start now drawing up a plan that fits your circumstances and your goals, which is why I'm happy Danielle Roberts is here on today's episode. Danielle is the co-founder of Boomer Benefits, which specializes in Medicare supplement and Medicare Advantage insurance which you may be thinking, I'm too young for Medicare. But I think she's perfect because she has a close-up view of how prepared people really are for retirement. She sees the number and knows where most people struggle. So she's going to offer suggestions, ideas, and tips on what you can do now so you can be better equipped to handle the costs of retirement and how your health insurance choices now can help or harm you later. In this episode, we'll discuss prioritizing your finances to have that foundation and to start saving for retirement. We'll also look at high deductible plans and health savings plan, how they work and when they are right for you. And we'll talk about how HSAs can help with health care costs during retirement. It's a lot of stuff, so let's get started. Before you guys can figure out how much you can save and invest towards retirement, it really pays to sit down and look at your numbers now. How are you doing financially? While investing for retirement is a smart move, it also has to be done in the context of what's going on with your family situation. Danielle noticed that with many families, it's really a struggle of figuring out how to prioritize their finances.
1: One of the things that we run across so often with clients here in my firm are they're aging into Medicare at 65 and they actually tell me those exact things that you just said. I didn't have time to or money to set aside. You know, I had to raise my children or I was a single mom or I had to work two jobs and there were groceries to put on the table. And then later I had to actually um, put the kids through school. And so it becomes really difficult for someone in that situation to be able to even understand or comprehend the big expense that's out there laying in front of them as retirement. So one of the things that we try to do here and sort of our core message and mission as we've realized how people get to retirement without any of that money set aside and then they're in a world of hurt is to make people aware younger in life of Mm -hmm. what kind of costs there will be in retirement. Um, For healthcare, let alone everything else. So I think it really comes down to, in today's world, a lot of your listeners have competing goals, the types of things that you just mentioned. And so you have to sit down and prioritize those things. And of course, basic expenses come first. So you need to sit down and have a conversation with yourself or your spouse about what items do we need and what items do we want? And sometimes mm-hmm. those are two categories that are really easy to confuse. Yeah. So a good example of this would be, do I really need to have this house with two spare bedrooms or could I get a roommate to help with these expenses? Could we downsize to a condo or an apartment and we would have more money than to set aside? Of course, putting an emergency fund mm-hmm. in place I think comes even before saving for retirement so that you don't continually try to go and raid your retirement savings when something goes wrong and you need to spend a thousand dollars repairing your car. But once you take care of those sort of basic essential items and you get yourself an emergency fund put away, it's super important to put yourself first when it comes to retirement. So I often tell people that we're working with that are the adult children of the Boomers that we work with who will say, you know, what do we need to be doing to make sure we don't end up in mom situation someday? And a lot of that has to do with thinking of putting yourself first. So you're putting your future self first. And even if it's just a small amount in the beginning that you can put aside, $25 a month, but you're doing that consistently over time, then someday when you get to retirement and you find out that Medicare isn't free and that there's deductibles and coinsurance to pay and that you need supplemental insurance just so that you don't have a $10,000 bill when you have a surgery, um, you're going to be in a much better place and prepared for that when that time comes.
0: So after you paid off that high interest debt and you have an emergency fund stashed away, you can start contributing towards retirement, even if it's smaller than what you'd like. You can always build it up later. It's just getting into the habit and setting aside money now so you'll have something down the road. Of course, that money has to come from somewhere. Paying off the debts, smart move, that can be redirected. But there's also other ways that you can save money. If you take in my free five days to 5K course, I show you how we were able to optimize our bills and also found ways to cut back on our spending while still having fun and then use that money towards whatever financial goals that you have. But there is a huge expense that many families have that they're looking to save on. That's health care. And one of those options that are becoming very popular now are those high deductible health plans. Which immediately sounds attractive because they have such low premiums compared to standard health plans, but they might not be the right choice for you. Danielle was kind enough to break down how those plans work.
1: The best part about the HSA and high deductible health plans is the two pieces go together. So the insurance itself is just... Like any other insurance that you may have had, where you've got a deductible um, and, and you that's the amount that you satisfy out of pocket before the insurance kicks in. But instead of having a deductible that might be a thousand or fifteen hundred, it might be twenty six hundred or three thousand, or there's some of them even as six thousand. I have one myself here at Boomer Benefits, and mine has a sixty-five hundred dollar deductible. Yes. So one of the important things is to make sure and look at that deductible, and you have to ask yourself, wow, if I had something happen this year, would I be able to pay for that? Because you're going to spend into that deductible. These plans typically don't come with doctor co-pays and prescription co-pays up front. Instead, you'll have the same kind of network. It might be an HMO or a PPO, and you'll go and see doctors in the network. And when you see those doctors, you will get a discount from the carrier. So for example, on my plan, my doctor might bill Blue Cross Um, $150 for my appointment, but I end up paying around 90 because I'm getting the network discount from the carrier. So it's not as low as a typical plan where I would have a copay of maybe $30 to see the doctor. Mm -hmm. However, um, I'm putting that, I'm putting some money into those costs during the year as I go. But on the flip side, I'm saving all those premiums. So sometimes if you find a plan and it's, you know, hundred or $200 less per month to be on a high deductible plan and you have Your wellness visit and one visit for a cold or a flu, the amount that you're going to pay back out for those one or two visits is going to be far less than what you would have spent in premiums to get the cushy plan that has the copays for everything. So that's the first piece is the high deductible part.
0: And if you've been to your employer's human resources presentations, you know, along with the high deductible health plans, they also talk about those health savings accounts or HSAs. And then the second piece is by having
1: this high deductible, it's called a high deductible qualified health plan. Mm -hmm. You can open a health savings account. And sometimes if you're working at an employer, they may have uh, an account that you can set up through them. But a lot of people just open their HSA at their local bank. So you can head down to Chase or Bank of America and open your account there. And then you're allowed to contribute funds into the HSA pre-tax. So let's say Mm. you... contribute $3,000 into your HSA that year, that is going to come right off the top of the line when you file your uh, 1040 at the end of the year. That's $3,000 of money that you will not be taxed on. And so when you are using the money in that HSA account for qualified medical expenses, you're actually paying less than what you would have spent because you're using tax-free money to do that.
0: As you can see, an HSA can be a fantastic account, both when it comes to taxes and when it comes to saving up for your healthcare expenses during retirement. But you still have to see if it's the right choice for you. So if you guys haven't already, set aside some time, maybe during your next money date, just look at your healthcare expenses for the past three years or so. Where has most of the money gone? For us, we looked at it and we saw that it was going towards our premiums. We were essentially only using our health insurance to cover the well visits and the annual visits. But if you have ongoing medical issues, chronic health problems, prescriptions, look at the numbers and make sure that switching over to a high deductible plan with an HSA is the best move for you you may find that it's better for you to have more coverage and a lower deductible than to make that switch over to the high deductible plan. But if the numbers do add up and you decide that you're going to make a switch, there are some incredible benefits when it comes to HSAs and retirement.
1: It's a great vehicle for um, saving for retirement healthcare expenses, because that money is, you never lose it like you would with an FSA account. This money is yours forever. And you just have to make sure that when you pull it out, you're using it for qualified medical expenses, like your ordinary copays and deductibles and dental and vision are also acceptable expenses. There's a limit that how much you can put in every year. I think for (laughs) couples this last year, it was like Mm $6,800. And so you can put that in monthly automated, or you can throw it in there at the end of the year in one chunk. You don't have to save the maximum amount, but when you do put that money in there, you're getting all the same benefits of money that you're saving for retirement that is going to have compound interest over time. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's very important for your long-term savings goals. You can even work with a financial advisor to invest the funds that are in your HSA into stock markets. And so if you're really good with those kind of things, you can use the money for that. You do have to be careful, though, that you wouldn't be in a situation where you might have to sell at a low period and then um, pull that money out for a medical expense. So I usually recommend that you have some money that's in there in cash so that if you do have a – you sprain your ankle and you're going to spend a $1,000 at the ER, that you have a little bit of money there, but a lot of that you can set aside. And most people only meet their deductible – once every, I think the statistic is seven years or something like that. Wow, really? You're putting that money in there and it's um, compounding over time and it's building a medical nest egg for you so that when you do get to the age of retirement and you stop contributing, you have Mm -hmm. all this money set aside that you can now use for medical expenses in retirement. You can even use the funds in your HSA to pay for your Medicare premiums when you turn 65. And so if you've got a good little chunk of money in there, it's easy to put it in your mind that this is my money that I've saved for healthcare and it's separate from other money that I might touch for more fun things in retirement. So most of the time I would say a lot of people don't invest the money because they're just not confident enough to do it on their own, but it's money that you can put into whatever type of funds that you want to. So um, I always recommend that if you're going to do that, you might work with someone at your bank, maybe the bank that you have this hosted in, so, for instance, mine is down at Chase, and I can call my Chase financial advisor and say, hey, I want to take half of the funds in here every year, and let's put it into something, you know, a moderate risk, something that might yeah. give me a 4 to 5% return, but that if I needed suddenly to use some of that money for um, a big expense that I wouldn't really hurt myself by pulling it back out. So, working with the actual bank that you have the money invested in is probably a good way to do that.
0: Before we wrap up, I want to focus on some key takeaways I got from speaking with Danielle. The first is prioritize your finances based on where you are now and what goals you have. It's natural after reading all this financial advice to put your money everywhere in every kind of account because you want to hit all these goals at once. But if you're looking to be effective and also to stay sane, it helps to tackle these things one by one. That foundation, as Danielle's mentioned, and you've heard on this podcast, Take care of that high interest debt, get rid of it, and then also make sure you have an emergency fund stashed away. Then you can focus on your other priorities and start saving for retirement. The second is don't jump into high deductible plans and HSAs just because you've read about it or they're a popular topic right now. There are certainly many benefits to them. We like having them for our specific family circumstances, but they're not for everyone you have to look at if you have any health conditions. Also look at your previous year. How much spending did you have? It really helps to run the numbers to make sure that this is the best financial decision for you. And finally, it's okay. Get a financial expert to help you run the numbers if you need to and create a sustainable plan that fits you and your family. If you'd like to talk more about retirement and healthcare costs, please join us. We have a free and private Facebook group called Thriving Families. We're looking to support and help one another out. We'd love to see you there. We're over at couplemoney.com slash FB. Special thanks to Danielle for being a part of this episode. If you want to learn more about retirement and planning your health care costs, please check out Boomer Benefits. And if you have parents that are getting closer towards retirement, please send them that way. They can get the answers they need to insurance and how that works with Medicare. As always, I'll have resources we mentioned and other handy tools to help you guys stay on top of your money in the show notes. You can find them over at couplemoney.com slash retire smart. And next week, we're going to be talking about protecting our loved one's finances from financial scams. So if you haven't already, please make sure you're subscribed. You don't want to miss out on that episode. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. Our theme song was written and performed by Gentle Regime. Additional music by Lee Rosevere. Finally, and most importantly, thank you guys so much for your support. I really appreciate the comments, the emails, and the fact that you're sharing your favorite episodes with your friends on social media. I want to make the conversations about money less intimidating and more a normal part of our routine. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.